five ways that you make money in real estate. And the longer that you hold them, the more powerful all five of those ways become. It yeah. is appreciation. That's the right. appreciation, you know, the rise in value in property. Depreciation, being able to basically write off and reduce your tax liability, right? Yeah. Cash flow, that's, you know, essentially cash flow coming in, pays all your expenses, and then you still have some at the end. And then you've got debt pay down, which is right. over time, you're holding a fixed amount of debt while the dollar either inflates or, you know, the property itself inflates in value. So you're kind of partnering with the government on inflation. As inflation goes up, you still have this fixed debt that's sitting there, right? And you can right. continue to pay that down, which isn't yep. your money, your tenants paying your debt. So that's the other thing. And then the final is equity capture because equity capture is like you find a distressed property and you can create equity out of thin air by buying something cheap, doing a good rehab with a good crew that you trust, and then it being worth more than what you put into it, right? Yep. So try doing that with stocks, right? If you try to go to your stock broker yeah, and say, right. hey, I'll buy, you know, I'll buy um, a Facebook, you know, a share of Facebook for half of what, for, for half of what it's worth and I'll borrow the rest uh -huh. and over time I'll pay for it. And you know, yeah. that, that's, that's not gonna happen. Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Okay, three full listeners, I uh, have another great guest for you today. Derek Clifford is joining us today. Um, Derek's in my mastermind, so uh, we've gotten to, to know each other a little bit, and I uh, really look up to, to him and what, what he's doing, what he and his wife are doing. So uh, really excited to have him on the show. Derek, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on, Lee. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you as a guest because you've, you've done a lot in a short time and all while working a full-time job. So um, your story and what you've done is, is something that, you know, most people can relate to and most people can, can look at you and go, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I can do that as well. So that's what I want to get into today and, and teach people, you know, a little bit about how you did it and how they might be able to, to do it as well if they want to, or, you know, partner with somebody like you. So real quick, Derek uh, is, is a successful single and multifamily real estate investor. Um, he added 13 out of state units uh, to his portfolio in his first year of acquisitions while working full-time, as I mentioned before. Today, he's a multifamily investor. He's also an author, and he's a podcaster. He's got a great podcast with his wife, Sophie, uh, called Elevate Your Equity. Uh, in addition to being a W-2 worker, he's also the founder and CEO of Elevate Equity, a firm that partners with individuals and companies to purchase, improve, and operate cash-flowing multifamily apartment real estate. Um, he also published his first book. I want to hit on this a little bit. Part-time real estate investing for full-time professionals. Um, so again, you know, very applicable to, to you know, many of the listeners. Uh, most most people are working full-time. Um, those people, a lot of those people are, are thinking about getting in real estate, and that's exactly what you did, Derek. So uh, why don't you just let's go back um, to b before real estate before. Or, you know, you jumped in because it sounds like in one year you went gangbusters. What was what was it like before that? And then how did you, you know, hear about real estate and decide you wanted to get in? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so when we first got on, when we first got uh, educated on real estate investing, it actually happened 100% on accident. 
I okay. was working as an oil and gas engineer in the Pacific mm. Northwest, actually. So I was the one that was designing pumps and heat exchangers and just a very much a chemical engineer, right? And everything changed when my wife uh, had gotten offered uh, a residency in, in the Bay Area. So to, we were living together in Washington State. And because she had bought her condo or the place that she was staying, uh, literally one month before the 2008 crash, she had purchased her condo for like, I think 150K or something like that. And even four years later, when she had graduated and she was ready to move down to the Bay Area as a residency, the property was only worth 100,000, right? Because wow. it took a massive hit. So yeah. we, were, we were scratching our heads saying, well, we, we, you know, we don't have the $50,000 to cover that gap between, because it was underwater that whole time. And so the only option that we thought of to do was to rent the property out long distance and drive mm -hmm. down and wait for some of the pricing to recover or have the tenants just cover the property until some point in time yep. figure it out later, right? And when we did that, we found that the process was really intimidating at the beginning, but once we got it going, it, it was awesome. It was working great. Like we had some positive cash flow on the on the West Coast, which is which is pretty pretty cool stuff. That's actually pretty yeah. hard nowadays. Sure. And so you know, as we were driving down and we we got our first paycheck deposited into our bank account, it kind of got the gears going in my head, my engineer brain. It's like, man, you know, if if this is happening on accident, imagine what we could do if we actually intentionally did something on like purpose. That, right? Yeah, <laughs> on, on purpose. Well, and 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 happening on on frankly like a bad purchase in hindsight. Yep. 100%. Right. So even on a property that you know you're underwater on, yeah, still making. That's yeah, awesome. def definitely. So, um, you know, after after that trip, uh, we started to uh, reevaluate what our goals were, and actually, you know, before that. Uh, while I was working as a chemical engineer in the refinery business up in in Washington State, um, you know, I had we had really delved into into personal development and trying to find ways to become leaders and you know make more have more income for the time that we're putting out there, and mm -hmm. you know this kind of happened to fall right in the middle of that matrix as we're going through it all, and so when we started to step into it with intention, we saw a lot of parallels between personal development and real estate investing, and I spent years, you know, working on developing my knowledge, talking with other investors in town where we were living at the time, um, going to meetups and meeting them face to face and looking up to some people that have already done it before, listening to podcasts like Bigger Pockets, um, yeah. asking questions on forums, just getting really, really involved and, and, uh, and involved in it. And at the same time, I was also going through a career change, going from a chemical engineer to becoming a project manager. And so I was doing a lot of learning at that time. Um, and mm -hmm. eventually, uh, I, as I kept growing, I found myself in an accountability group called M1. It's like a subset of GoBundance. And yeah. GoBundance is this, is this like, you know, mastermind group slash, you know, uh, fraternity kind of thing for, for really successful and, and motivated people that want to help. And so there's a subset of that, which is March to a Million, the M1 uh, that one of the GoBundance guys created. And that got me into an accountability pod with a bunch of other investors in real estate and in business. And then, you know, they started pushing me and challenging me. And before you know it, we were flying out to Indianapolis and flying out to Cleveland uh, and really just like doing some, taking some of the knowledge that we had learned from all of those, that year of studying books and the experience of that Washington condo in our head, right? Like trying to do that with intention. 
And we moved from there to, to going from studying and just getting ourselves, our feet in the ground in, in California to just running with it, you know, a year later. Yeah. And that's kind of yep. how it all went. It started from there. Okay. Yeah. So the seed was planted because you were forced to become a landlord. Um, and a lot of people are, or, you know, some people will just not as forced as you, like where the, the property's not underwater, but sometimes people will just move out of state and, and it's so easy to sell now, but there's been times that, you know, for whatever reason it is difficult to sell and people just end up, well, let's just try renting. And then that works out. And yeah, they, they see the light and it's so, it's so common that people do see the light. It's just, it's just too bad that more people honestly don't have that happen to them to, to see it. Right. Cause it's, sometimes it's like people just, you know, can almost go their whole life and not ever think about owning a second property and owning it as an investment property. You know, most people could think about, Oh yeah, I'd love to own a home in Florida, you know, or California or whatever, <laughs> if I live up here in Ohio, like I do. Um, but they would never think about it as an investment property. So it, it's great that you did, but then you obviously took it, you know, several steps further, you know, you're educating yourself, um, you and your wife are, so you're both working full time, but you're educating yourself and you get around, um, some more literature, but also it sounds like you're getting around some other guys and girls that are, you know, pursuing, um, just financial success, financial literacy, but, and like you said, it, it really does line up, you know, if you kind of have some of these goals, real estate makes a lot of sense. There's real estate's got a lot going for it. Um, you'd already seen that a little bit. So um, I guess jump into that just a little bit there. What, what are some things besides just seeing that the, the condo, Hey, this is cool that this make a little bit of money. What about real estate um, attracted you and, and your wife? Um, what, what about that it could do for you today, but like maybe just thinking about your future and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, great question because we were always on the search for, while we were in our self-development phase, we we're always in the search for ways to um, create more time and more options for us, right? Mm -hmm. Like we understood that there were people operating at such high levels, right? Um, that they were able, obviously they weren't working full-time jobs, they had their own businesses or they had complete time freedom. They were full-time investors, right? And so um, we kind of took a step back and, and tried to determine how they were able to build this, right? Yeah. And as we started learning some of the mechanics of how real estate investing works and other alternative investments too, like, you know, buying businesses, starting franchises, right? Um, or just buying stocks and just trying to live off of like, you know, income coming in from stocks and looking at stock options. So doing like a, a really full, um, very, very involved search for what type of investment vehicles are out there. Very mechanical because that's just the way my, my brain works and almost yeah. like checklist like, right? Like looking through all of them, trying to figure out the pros and cons so that I could double down on something that made the most sense. And while we tried to do that, we had those conversations about what, you know, what type of investment vehicles made sense and what our goals were and, you know, what kind of things we would sacrifice with each method to get to where we wanted to go, which is complete. Mm -hmm you know, time and financial independence. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of things discussed, but we had that fresh impression of real estate investing for that, that Washington condo in our head. And in addition to that, my in-laws or Sophie's parents had some experience doing it. So I never got any of it. They just went the stock route. And so looking at those two things, like we understood that stocks we have less control, right? Like you can, mm -hmm. you have only control of what you buy and how much you put in, right? And then yeah. you can select dividends, right? 
But with the real estate investing, we saw, man, it's more complicated, maybe a little bit risky, but if you do it right, and according to the people that I was talking to, like they were living examples of the people that I wanted to be right there, you know, in my accountability pod, they had left their jobs already and they did it with real estate and they kept breaking down the, the systems and structures as to how to do it. And it really got me excited. And ever since we chose that path, we just didn't look back. There was other yeah. alternative investments out there, but it was ID. It was very clear that real estate investing is the most ideal instrument for wealth building and for creating business that there is in the United States right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. There's so many reasons. Um, you hit on a lot of them there, the pros and cons and, and some pros and cons of other investment um, options there and, and other avenues you could have gone. Um, so I'm sure we'll hit on more of that as we go through your story. So you made this decision, you get in a, um, you know, a, a, an accountability type group, um, which, which is, which is so key. I mean, there, there's so many different ways to say it. Your, your, your network is your net worth, but um, getting, or like um, you're the, the, some of the five people that are closest to you. And I just think, you know, you can have close family that you spend the most time with, but when it comes to your career or um, to, to pursuing financial independence or just some financial freedom, you've got to get around some people that are also pursuing that. Hopefully some people that have already done that to some degree or, or another. Um, those people just just challenge you um, and, and, and help you to do that. And, and so you got around that and suddenly, like you said, suddenly you're flying across the country because you you believe in it and you've got other people around it that also believe in it it, it uh, validates that idea for you uh gives you extra energy right and, and so now you're really pursuing it so maybe jump into that a little bit um how'd that go how'd you end up getting your first property yeah so you know it definitely um if, if we're gonna if we're gonna use the word faith here it's definitely a leap of faith for sure yeah because sure. you know when you get started real investing in real estate i i mean i was used to buying stocks which is like you know you you put down like you're a real big spender if you put a thousand bucks in on one single type of stock right mm. but when when you're investing in real estate the way that i'm investing in it which is you know buy and hold with 25 percent down very vanilla ish you know not not creative i'm not over leveraging I'm actually taking my own cash, right? And putting 25% down on the property. It was a serious deal, right? And there was a lot of, you know, um, analysis paralysis, right? That we had to go through. And that's why the support system, my wife, my accountability pods, like they're the ones that said, you got to go all out. If you don't, if you don't commit to this decision, you're not going to make the decisions that will move the needle. So right when I had that conversation with my pod mates and I talked to my wife about it, they're like, I got to go out there. I got to fly out to that market that I'm that I'm talking about. So I went into bigger pockets. I scheduled a whole bunch of different people that seemed to be helpful in the forums, set up meetings with them for three days in a row. And I went out there for like four days and I just met property managers, met agents, met other investors. And some of the people wow. that I, there, I do business with right now to this day. And I've been in that market That's for awesome. five years. And I think that intentionality of saying, okay, I'm going to be, when I'm I'm going to be there, you know, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm taking the plunge. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, yes. because that's what, that's what other people who've had success told me it was going to do. And, and in, in hindsight, looking back at that, that was absolutely what it needed to take was the commitment. Yep. Absolutely. Without it. Cause there's so many things that can go wrong and there's so many complicated pieces that need to fit together. And, you know, you got to think about things the right way and you got to make some mistakes because you will make mistakes and you can't let that stop you from, from doing it because 
every mistake you make compounds on itself and you're going to learn it the next time and you're going to get a better investment the next time and the next yeah. after that yeah. and after that. Yeah. And so I realized that once that was what the process looked like, and there was no ideal, perfect solution to what, where my engineering brain likes to be, you know, like, yeah. yeah, this is the answer. This is what you need to buy. Um, I realized that I just had to take the jump and I just did it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so key. Um, don't let me forget. I, I want to ask you how, how you chose uh, the Indianapolis market. Cause obviously that that's really key. Cause you had to do that first and yeah. then you jumped in. So, um, but uh, what you said there, Derek, is is so key because it is. I mean, it's it is a, a big risk. It, it if you want, for the most part in this life, if you want a big reward, it often takes a big risk. Investing in a second property of any kind is a big risk. Like you said, you got to put money down. You got to make the bank feel comfortable with the investment as well. So you got to put 20, 25% down. That takes two things. One, you've got to save that much money. I mean, you, you can go find somebody to invest with you and give them. Um, half of the profit. That, that's one way a lot of people do it. Hey, you know, I'm trying to buy a hundred thousand dollar property. Can you bring the 25,000? I'll give you half of the profit. You cut your profit in half, but you're in the game, right? But the other option is, is to be financially um, savvy and, and to um, delay gratification a little bit, right? And save some money so that you can go make an investment so that you can live, you know, a, a better life later. I don't know if you ever hear Dave Ramsey, but it always makes me think of, yes. you know, live like nobody's willing to live today so that you can live like nobody else can live tomorrow. And about real estate, um, I think Brandon Bigger Pockets says something along these lines a lot. Like, time will make you whole. Like, if you can stay in real estate for for you know a long time, it's almost like you can't lose. Like, unless you you in in your um, the uh, condo is a perfect example, right? Like, as long as you guys can stay in it. You know, and, and you're able to find a renter. Um, you can almost always find a renter. You know, you may have to d decrease the price more than you think, but there's renters out there. You find a renter you're not making a killing off of it, but you're not losing any money anymore. They're, they're, they're making the rent payment for you. Um, and, and you're going to be made whole. I mean, obviously that market, I'm guessing that condo, you know, came all the way back and, and way it beyond did. where it was. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, absolutely. So if you can stay in the game, so that, I, and I'm sure you had this in your ear, Derek, um, of those guys that, that had a little bit more experience or were just, just as committed to you to say, Hey, yeah, like you were saying, Derek, you, you may jump in and you may make a mistake, but you can recover from it. Odds are it's not going to be a mistake that takes you out of the game. It might, it might slow you down. It might be, you know, you might do a little bit better next time. It might be one of your worst investments, but if you hold on to it, you're, you know, you're going to make a little bit or whatever, you're going to stay in it. And eventually, you know, you're going to turn it into a good investment or you're going to do better one. So there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Let's jump into um, real quick. How did you decide on the Indianapolis market? Well, you know, I wish that there was a scientific reason that I could give you for why I was in Indianapolis, but the <laughs> yeah. answer is going to be so simple. You're going to face palm. <laughs> no. So there's two reasons. First is actually when I bought my first investment or it, this was actually Sophie's house. So it wasn't mine. So my first okay. investment or my first property they ever bought was not my primary residence because here in the California Bay area, you need like it's a, you, you're looking at million dollar properties, right? Even for a simple, right. you know, three bedroom, one bath, you know, 1200 square feet. That's just the way it is. So number one is affordability. That was one of the reasons why I picked, you know, some, a Midwestern market. Cause I could buy a house for a hundred grand, which means I only need 25 K or 20 K for the down payment. Right. Yep, and that right. was very achievable where, where I'm, where I'm at right now. So that's number one. Number two, the other reason is that other people in my meetups, who were living here in the Bay Area and were investing out of state were having success there. And that's it. Yep. Sure. That's all it is. It's, 
it's your network, right? Like, and I asked them tons of questions. And after the fact, right? Like after I found out what market they were in, I did, I did the research on the, the numbers, the sure. jobs, the, you know, all the things that we do as multifamily investors now, checking the health of the market and, and how all that works. But I, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. So all I did was I said, well, this person seems to be having success. You never really know. So that's one thing for your listeners to be careful of is like, even though sure. as they might be having success, you got to be careful. Uh, but they seem to be having success. I've talked with other investors who are saying kind of the same thing. Like they're kind of like, you know, triangulating around that same type of answer. Yep. And yep. it made sense to me. So I just kind of took the plunge in that, that market. Yeah. Yeah. Back. And there, there's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, especially since, you know, you did go and, and validate that. Hey, okay. Based on my research now, I, I do agree that Indianapolis is, is a good market, but there's yeah. nothing wrong with starting out. And that's another great thing about real estate. There's plenty of it to go around. And I mean, yeah, you mentioned bigger pockets earlier. I, I'm on there a lot. You, you jump on there. People are willing to share. They're, they're willing, you know, a lot of people on there that have had a lot of success are, are not afraid to let other people know a little bit about what they're doing because yeah, come, come and invest in Indianapolis. There's thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of, of homes. You can't, you know, we can both buy homes in Indianapolis, you know, and, and we can help each other out and then, you know, partner on deals and do more than we can do on our own. So that, that's great. And there, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's, it's a great advice to people that are wanting to get started. Who do you know, or, or who can you meet on bigger pockets or at a meetup or, you know, a mastermind and, yeah, follow, follow what they're doing. You know, if they're having success and, you know, you can have a similar success. Um, yeah, so I think so. I think that, I think that's super important is to always like make sure that you're talking with people, right? Like, and, mm -hmm. and always yeah. try to be a fact finder, right? Like in, you know, if you're the, the, the strength of your investment is going to be the strength of your network. If you expect yeah. to walk into a market and buy a turnkey from someone, right. That you heard might, might make sense. And you don't know the property manager you don't know the market at all all you see is the numbers on there and you're treating it like a stock that might not end well for you right because real estate investing is it's so powerful but it's yeah you know there's a passive part of it but it's still active like you have yes, to be a good for steward, sure. a, a good steward yep. of your property right and in order to maximize on some of the tax benefits and everything you have to be really in, you know involved and on top of some of that at least one time of the year when you're doing taxes uh yep. so that's all that i want to add to that yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned before that one of the great benefits of real estate is that you have more control, but naturally with more control, yeah. you have to take control. You have to be active. I mean, yeah. that, that's, and so maybe, yeah, maybe it's not for everybody, but um, yeah, it is going to be more active and that's why you get more control, but um, all right. So let's jump in. So you bought, is this right? You bought 13 houses yeah. in, in, in one year or even yeah. in nine months. So yeah. when you got started, I mean, I've heard people talk about the law of the first deal, which means the first <laughs> deal is the hardest to get. But once you get one, you know, sometimes it's like dominoes, but they usually don't mean you're going to get 13 in your first year or in your first nine months. So how the heck did that happen? Yeah, no, good question. I'll try to keep this brief. Um, but generally the way that it, so the, the first part was, during the whole study time that I had, had tell, told you about, right, that I was studying for a year, I found out that the, uh -huh. the approach that I wanted to take was a buy and hold. And if I was going to do buy and hold by myself, it means I had to start saving up some of my cash. Mm -hmm. So I took some of my hard-earned salary here in the Bay Area and, and stocked it away, just saved it away. I also started selling some stocks and started to like liquidate things or, or picking the right times to sell them to be able to like kind of build up my, some of my cash portfolio during this whole year that I'm getting myself educated, right? And 
So I found myself with $40,000, which is a very, like that's, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to have that type of money, right? To save that up. Yeah. So what we did was we took that money and I went to wholesalers and started talking with wholesalers after I had flown out there to meet everyone, right? So I had seen them face to face yep. and I had known them. When I got back home, I told the, the wholesalers what my criteria was, what type of property I was, I was looking for, what purchase price and what kind of cash and cash return, what kind of rents, you know, those types of things, right? And about a week after I got home, these guys send me a portfolio package of five properties on one street, kind of like, you know, think Monopoly, right? Like you put yeah, your little, right. little houses on, on one street, right? Um, so we took a look at it and like, this was... This was literally like, you know, a year after we had started investing in our journey. I had a, I had a pod with, with me um, and I talked with my wife and like, I was like, okay, are we actually going to do this now? Like, are we actually going to do this? Times, and times five. Times five. Yeah. This times five. Yeah. And so we did, we were able to work with the wholesaler to put some bridge financing in place. And then we would put down, um, you know, $40,000 for all five of these houses and then the other 160 would come from like a bridge product, like 8% or something. And then the idea was that after six months, I could refinance those individual properties because I bought them at such a discount to cover the bridge debt. So in the end, like I would free myself away from that 8% or whatever I was paying in yeah. bridge debt and get into the the standard, you know, house loans of like, you know, 4% or whatever it was back then, four mm -hmm. and a half or five mm -hmm. or something. So that was successful. And as that was going on, more and more criteria, like more and more properties that met my criteria started to come out to me, right? And yeah. at about at this time too, the property in Washington, which you may have, may or may not have forgotten about, right? <laughs> that property had appreciated over and above what we had paid for it. Yeah. And there were tenants inside there. And the mortgage, we had paid it down over like, you know, the, over like eight years because we'd had it, yep. paid, you know, for eight years. And so we had about 120K in equity. Wow. And we decided to do a 1031 exchange. So we did a 1031 exchange and that it was the most crazy time because like I knew that I only had 45 days to identify property, but right. when you have $120,000 in cash, right? That's a lot of property in the, in the Midwest. That is a lot of, mm -hmm. you could buy a lot of houses with that type of money, right? Yep. Especially if you're only putting down, you know, 15 or $20,000 for an $80,000 house, which was right in my criteria. So we ended up picking up, you know, all these other properties and it took us a really long time to sort through the underwriting and get all of that going. But essentially that's what it was. It was hard work and then starting somewhere early on, yep. right? Starting yep. with the first property and then just learning and saving and just do putting one foot in front of the other, continuing to live life, but also setting yourself up on a track, you know, that would head in that direction of just exploding. So it was yeah, kind of oh like an gosh. overnight success, but you, <clears throat> but you, it, it takes time to be an overnight success. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Real quick before I forget. So 1031, you have to exchange for like kind property. You have yeah. to go up and, and you had $120,000 that you needed to spend. So did yeah. that go into another portfolio? Were you able to buy multiple houses at a time? That's with what that happened with it. Yes, because that 120 okay. was from one house right. on Washington in Washington, right? That one house and that that cash that was out there was magnified by like four times because you can that's your down payment, right? And yeah. so you can buy right. properties four times that worth. And as a matter of fact, the 1031 exchange people required it. You whenever you go into a 1031 exchange, always consult your tax professional about this. But generally, when you do a 1031 exchange, 
the option that we selected was that we could pick any number of properties, but the amount of properties that we were buying had to exceed what we were selling. That's mm-hmm. one of the rules about that type of 1031. Like, there's different types of 1031 yep. rules, but that was the type that we were doing because yeah, that was, that was all right. And all of the preparation that we did, picking up the five unit house, the five house unit before and doing the years and years of like the years of, of prep um, yep. made me get to a point where I could underwrite quickly. And yes. we could just go through properties and say, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't yeah, like that. Because you only have 45 days to name them. So, you know, once the property's sold, you're like, you're kind of on the hook, you know, or else you're going to lose all that money. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The thing that's thinking out, sticking out in my mind the most, Eric, is just the fact that you really started your investing career eight years prior to starting in Indianapolis because of that condo. Yeah. And, and it just goes back to what you're saying. You know, people encouraging you, hey, you just got it. Once you decide on this, once you, you know, you, you've done your um, due diligence, you, you know, you've educated yourself, you've got to jump in. And if you, if you stay in the game, you're going to be made whole. And that condo and, you know, is such a great example that like it lost with 33% of its its value. About um, half at the peak. About like, half, it was okay. literally half is, two months after we bought it, it went all the way, or she bought it, it went all the way down to like 50K yeah. or 75,000. Yeah. Right. So she literally bought at the, the exact wrong time. I mean, because she was an investor, right? She's just buying yeah. like everybody else. And that still ended up being something you could turn into, like it ended up being an incredible investment because you yep. stayed in for eight years. So it, um, I think Rod Cleef is, is another guy I listen to sometimes, and he says um, something like, you know, real estate's not a get rich quick scheme, but it's a get really wealthy over a long period of time. Like, and I think he's just a, like, it's going to happen. I mean, there, there are people that over leverage themselves, do really stupid things, so you can fail. But if you hang in there, it, you're going to be made whole. And, and what a prime example of oh, yeah. terrible investment. 100%. You stay in for eight years and it, and it, it's a catapult for you. A hundred percent. That was, there's no way that we could be as successful as we did, as we were without sticking with that property, because we could have, we could have found a way to like sell the property at a loss. Right. And, and yeah, you know, we could right. have done that. And that's what a lot of people would be tempted to do. They're like, well, yep. shoot, you know, I guess I'm going to be in credit card debt for a while. And while I'm doing this, but no, just asking the one question to like, how can you like just being a little bit creative and thinking a little bit outside of the box, right. And doing yep. something that will stretch you just a little bit because you know, what's, what's, what's a harm in trying, right. When, when yeah. you're facing either a $50,000 check or. And one other thing I wanted to mention too, Lee, is that the hold and, and buying real estate and waiting Del Walmsley, um, he's Lifestyles Unlimited, I believe. And I used to listen to him a lot. He had a lot of great okay. concepts. He said that there's five ways that you make money in real estate. And the longer that you hold them, the more powerful all five of those ways become. It yeah. is appreciation. That's the right. appreciation, you know, the rise in value in property. Depreciation, being able to basically write off and reduce your tax liability, right? Yeah. Cash flow, that's, you know, essentially cash flow coming in pays all your expenses and then you still have some at the end and then you've got debt pay down which is right. over time you're holding a fixed amount of debt while the dollar either inflates or you know the property itself inflates in value so you're kind of partnering with the government on inflation as inflation goes up you still have this fixed debt that's sitting there right and you can right. continue to pay that down which isn't yep. your money your tenants paying your debt so that's the other thing and then the final is equity capture because equity capture is like 
you find a distressed property and you can create equity out of thin air by buying something cheap, doing a good rehab with a good crew that you trust, and then it being worth more than what you put into it, right? Yep. So try doing that with stocks, right? If you try to go to your stock broker yeah, and say, right. hey, I'll buy, you know, I'll buy um, a Facebook, you know, a share of Facebook for half of what, for, for half of what it's worth and I'll borrow the rest uh -huh. and over time I'll pay for it. And, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's not going to happen. Yep. And I'm going to move somebody into my share and have them pay it off. For me. Yeah, not, not, even, <laughs> yeah. not even, yeah, there, there's, so, yeah, so many benefits. Such, such a great story, Derek. Um, what I'd like to, to transition a little bit to now is, so had this single family, so you had 13 mm -hmm. doors, right? Mm -hmm. 13 single families. So I, because I Actually, know you now. One of them was a fourplex and one of them was a duplex. So I had some. Of oh, the okay. Okay. So family. you were getting a multifamily. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. 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 Didn't know that part. So, and I know and through your bio, and because I know you, I know um, you, you trans now you've transitioned more to be solely multifamily. Tell us about the yeah. reason behind that. You, you had a yeah. great start. You had single families. Why the transition? Yeah. So I will tell you why it's a very simple answer. <laughs> the answer is the bank said no more loans. Mm, and when they okay. told me no more loans in my personal name, then that was, that was the time for me to start thinking different. Right. Okay, and, you yeah. know, through my, through my education over a year of like really hitting it hard and talking with folks, I knew multifamily was definitely in my horizon. It was in my time. Yeah. Like it was something I was going to get to, but now I had the opportunity to actually do it, right? Or I had an excuse right. for it. So then it's time once again for me to make the leap of faith. So the same thing happened, right? We, we uh, started to build up a contact list, reach out to the people that were already in Indy that knew some people about, multi, you know, some ways to buy multifamily and, you know, some brokers and wholesalers and flew out there again, except this time I took a few buddies with me, right? And really, yeah. I had no intention to go into a multifamily property with them at all. Uh, really just wanted to kind of show them the market. And then, you know, if things worked out, then maybe we could pool our money together and find a multifamily property. But we right. actually ended up during that trip, finding a property, the same wholesaler who sold me the five houses at one time, wow. they showed me an 18 unit uh, multifamily that was in really bad shape. But the price was only 350k for the whole thing. Jeez. Yep. So we walked through it. We didn't get much time for inspections because these are these are wholesalers. And so that's how they make their money is they buy and sell quickly, right? So we, you know, the people that were with me, we they we all toured the property. We went inside, we looked at it, and we decided that we would take the risk. And so we put in $350,000 plus a little bit extra for closing costs and stuff like that. Um, got it got it in place, did an immediate cash out refi from a local bank. They gave there us money for some of the rehab funds. We had to borrow more because there was more rehab that needed to be done. We kicked out all the tenants. This was a nightmare. And all right. of us, we were, we were in California doing this and this property was in Indy, right? Yep. So we're trying to do this from far away. We all have full-time jobs. It was just, it was, uh, it was nuts. But in the very, at the end, right, it took us about a year but we finished all the rehab. We did all the plumbing. We did, we, re, we submetered the electric. So we did a lot of work on this guy. We had spent, I think, 700K in rehab. So we bought it wow. for 350. We, we spent 700,000 in rehab funds, pulling together private money, you know, tr just trying to make hustle to make this thing work. And just about two months ago, we pulled, we, we did our refinance. And when the bank came in, and looked at the income and walked through the property with the appraisal and everything. They valued our building at $1.4 million. 
Jeez. So yep. they wrote us a check for 1.1, right? And that $1.1 million paid off all of our debt, paid us back our original capital. And now here we are with a building that's cash flowing and that has one, you know, stable loan on it. And it was just, it, it was, it was very hard, but that was the beginning. And then from there, you know, I started talking with some other mentors about syndication and kind of like started to go from there. And right now yeah. we're in contract on a 37 unit um, with, as another JV, but I'm also doing syndications as well and trying to raise capital. That's awesome. That's buildings. awesome. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes when you're getting started, Derek, I mean, your single family was similar. Sometimes you got to take those. I mean, that's been my the experience. Licks. You have to take some of the deals. Yeah. And you just have to take some of the deals. You know, you hear so many guys say, I would never do my first deal today. Like the deal I did mm. first, I wouldn't do it today, but I wouldn't change it. And, and I think what that means, cause I would say the same thing. I flipped a house and I would never do that flip again. It was way too much time. I made, I made money on it. Uh, I, I made pretty good money on it more, more than I thought I was going to, but nine months of being all in terrible work-life balance at the time, you know, <laughs> it, just not a good experience, not a good experience for my family. And but it launched me to my next one. Like it got me started. Like I, I jumped in and the re like the reason I got that deal is because, you know, good flippers would never buy a flip that needs that much work. They buy the flip that new flooring paint and, and it's back on the market, right? Like that's the flips they want to do. And they're doing marketing to, to get all those flips. Me just getting started. I'm not doing all that. I've got to take the one that they don't want. And, and, and a similar example, you know, the guys like now you'd probably look at an 18 unit that needs $700,000 worth of work and say, no, nah, you know, no there's, there's better deals out there. But, you know, when you guys like not knowing what you, you knew, what you know now, and just not having as many connections, not having as much, you know, not having as many deals come across your desk mm -hmm. to choose from, mm -hmm. you've got to take what you can get. And that launches you to, to the next step to be able to get the better deals. You know, what I would say, Lee, is that you're hundred percent dead on. I would say that just like your flip, this 18 unit property that we just finished, right. That we're finally stabilized. We're still holding on to it because it's an opportunity zone, by the way, too. So awesome. it's, it's going to be a good long-term hold. Um, I would say that this apartment building is like our Washington condo. It was yeah. something, except the difference is that I would probably not do this again if I had known what type of work, you know, it was going to take, Yeah. but it's going to be, I know it's going to be a cornerstone investment property in our portfolio because the city is absolutely exploding and we were in the path of progress and it's already happened. Like we're, yeah. you know, we're seeing lots of good success with this building and it's only going to get better over the next couple of years. The same things that we talked about, the five forces that just get stronger and stronger with real estate over right. time. And so we're going to be able to take that property and it's going to be something that's going to be a cash cow for a very, very long time. And right. that building is going to be so important to our wealth building and our experience level. Just like you said, now yeah. we know what not to look for. We know what to look for and we know what to expect and some, and we have some seasoning. We have got some experience in and we put our licks in and now it's yeah. just time to take that knowledge and then run with it. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, I mean, like you said, everything you've learned from that property is just invaluable. And, and again, you, you and, and, and some friends just decided to jump in, decided to go for it. And, and it, it's, it's a lot, a lot of work. A lot of times it's a lot more work than you expect. Um, but then, yeah, it, the rewards are great. And I just, I just think there's, there's so many different ways to do it. And if you can just, 
do a little bit just to get started because even, you know, Derek, what I'm always trying to tell people is if you don't want to do this on a level that you and I want to do this, where we want to, you know, we, we want to pursue this almost full time and, and we, we love it. We're extremely passionate about it. If you don't want to be in that level, that that's totally fine. If you could just get a property, I mean, for so many people, $500, $1,000 a month in mm-hmm. extra income could be such a game changer. And that's what, that's what, you know, uh, a property like us, even these single family homes that you're able to get, or, you know, you get involved in a multifamily, that's what it could do for you is just that little bit. And, and that alone is, is at least some financial freedom. It's not complete financial freedom. You don't get to retire on that, obviously, but man, that can be so powerful for people. Oh yeah, man. And, and if you think about it this way, you know, I know people out there are thinking, oh boy, you know, like, man, all that work for just one, for one property that may cash flow $500. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. It, it will cash flow $500, but you're, you're forgetting about all the other forces in yep, effect here, all those right? Other four, yeah. like you're, oh, as you hold it, the rents are going to go up. The value of your building is going to go up. Your debt's going to stay the same or even go down because your tenants are paying it off and you get yeah. to write off depreciation, mortgage interest. Yep. You get to write all that off. And you got to think too, in terms of systems, when the effort and the energy that it takes for you to buy your first property is not going to be the same when you get your second one, because you have right. the experience, you've got the people, it's going to come a lot quicker and easier to you. So oh, yeah. if you can get the flywheel turning, right, by getting your first property down, you may be able to turn around, get your second one and go, huh, that wasn't so bad. Let's keep going. Right. And yeah, absolutely. as you keep moving, then you'll start noticing that, yeah, even though your first property is 500, now you have your next property, which is another 500. And yes. then you're like, oh man, this is my path to financial independence. I just got to keep doing what I've learned and just keep doing this over and over again, right? And so yeah, that's what's absolutely. so inspiring about this is that it's it's Lego blocks, right? You could that you can stack, you know, and build anything yeah. you want. Yep. And and literally anybody can do this. I mean, any anyone can do this. Um you've got to do, you've got to do some uh, research, you know, uh, some education, I should say, you've got to do a little education and you really do need to do some networking, but that's about it. And you have to take action and then you can do it um, like you've done. So thanks so much for sharing that story with us, Derek. That's awesome. Um, I would like to transition a little bit again. And um, I always like to talk about, you know, the, 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 the the faith, the family aspect, you know, for you and and Sophie, um, you, you got into real estate on accident, but now you're very intentional about it and, and very much committed to it. Um, what's what, and, and whatever you want to share with us, like, what's the plan there? What, what's your vision? I guess maybe what's it done for you and Sophie already, as far as opening up new possibilities for you. And then kind of, what do you see in the future? What do you see real estate doing for you guys and your right, future yeah. family, whatever that looks like? Yeah. Thank you, Lee. I, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously a family is definitely one of the things that we're, that we're working towards right now. That's, that's really, mm-hmm. really important for us. Um, I think that the giving back aspect, uh, not only, you know, in terms of monetary, like, you know, uh, doing donations and, you know, volunteering, but also sure. um, like inspiring people and providing people the knowledge and the tools that they need to, to build something like yeah. this themselves. Right. This, that's, what's really, really important to me and Sophie. Right. Um, we're really, uh, it, you know, health conscious as well. So we're, uh, we're helping people out, um, you know, with, with, with coaching advice on, on how to, how to maintain high levels of energy and keep your body healthy and keep your, your oh, mind cool. healthy. Yeah. But we really, we also like to, um, one of our, our main goals actually is when we get to a point where we're at financial independence Every time we hit a milestone of, you know, a $50,000 passive income mark, we'll be contributing more and more of uh, as a percentage of our total take home 
to uh, fighting hunger and also to fighting poverty um, and volunteering more and more time as we get that. That's and eventually awesome. we want to get to a point where 90% of everything we take home is being, is being given away to, to causes that we believe in. So, you know, monasteries around the world, um, you know, people that are really generally trying to help others succeed, uh, micro lending or helping people in, in some of yeah. the uh, third world countries that just need a little bit of a boost. Right. Um, yep. I believe that, you know, uh, on a fishing pole rather than a fish is the right way to do it. And so that's, that's yeah. kind of the way that we're looking for ways to contribute. And, um, I think that our, our faith is really important to us. We want to pursue more spirituality as well. Uh, once we get to a point where we have some time freedom and choice freedom there, we want to really double down on that and spend good chunks of our day, or if not days and weeks, uh, being able to do that exclusively. So yeah, uh, that's kind of what's in the plan for us right now. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have, um, you or Sophie, is it your goal to, to leave your job or go part-time at all? Is that it? you know, a thought for you or no? 100%. We've had my, I've had my sights on that for a very long time. Um, <laughs> Sophie is already doing, like she's already making leaps and bounds, uh, doing her online business for um, health, for uh, entrepreneurs, people that are oh, okay. needing some tweaks. And so she's already making leaps and bounds, but I'm still working a W2 right now. And um, I'm working my way towards that. And I have a goal to finish uh, or get out of my W2 by the end of this year in 2021. Wow, that's awesome. Yes. That's exciting, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Good. And then, and then, um, so then real estate, you'd be doing real estate full time. 100% because again, yep. it's, it's all about the scale, uh, and, yep. and being able to take advantage of those forces over time and just, they become yep. waterfalls if you stick with them. Yep. Absolutely, man. Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have, I, I like to ask, uh, I'll kind of hit you with a couple rapid questions that I like to ask everybody, um, toward the end here. Do you have a, uh, a, a quote or anything that, that, um, uh, it sounds like maybe maybe you have a couple, but what, what's a good quote that you and you like to live by? Yes. So my the quote it's always at the bottom of my personal email um, that that I I always send out when I'm talking with family or or something. It is uh -huh. um, uh, don't wish for life to be easier. Wish for more challenges. Wish for or don't wish for less less challenges. Wish for more skills. Um, yeah. It's a Jim Rohn quote. And um, you know don't wish for uh, life to be easier. Wish for um, yeah, I, I, I have to, I have to actually look up the quote, but that's something that that's something For that sure. I live by. Definitely. Yeah. 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 You, you want to improve yourself so that those challenges, so that you're able to overcome those challenges instead of just wishing for a life that, that doesn't have any challenges. Correct. Yeah. You want to focus yeah. on not the challenges that are in front of you, but the skills it's going to take you to overcome them. And I Absolutely. think that, um, I think that being, being tuned in and being a problem solver and a positive person is, is going to help anyone go a long way. And so that quote that, that Jim Rohn has, that's got three parts to it, um, is, is really, really important. Um, and there's also one right behind me too. Uh, so people yeah. that aren't, that, that, uh, they're not able to see this, but it's a quote that says, once you become fearless, life becomes limitless. And that's painted on my wall or it's, it's actually a, it's, a, it's actually a decal, but yeah, every time sure. I come into the office, that's the first thing I see. And then there's a big picture of a lion right, right next to it. And that helps me understand that fears are just the edges of our current capability. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is reach through that. So fight your fear, go through the fear, try to understand what it is and what really is like down deep. That's holding you back from going through it and tackling it, working through it. 
and just making it happen and just having that leap of yeah. faith. Absolutely. Yeah. I second that. That's awesome, Derek. Um, let's jump to uh, a good book recommendation. And, and you mentioned, you know, how you and Sophie like to, uh, to give back in that you're, you're educating people. So tell us about your book first. And then if you have another good one uh, that yeah. you want to recommend, that's great. But tell us, tell us about the, the great book that you wrote, Derek. Yeah, thank you. So my book is called uh, part-time real estate investing for full-time professionals. Full-time. Yeah. And uh, it is a book that was written for W2 married professionals who want to get started in real estate investing, but don't know how. And I'm talking, going from everything from the ground, from the beginning as to why do this, maybe why not do this. So reasons for and against. Also the conversations you should be having with your wife, the things that you can expect when you do start to go and why it's important to have a plan, right? And then I tell you exactly like what my blueprint was and how you can follow that. And then we start getting into the nitty gritty only after all of yeah. that's done first, because a lot of people don't realize they pick up a book and they see it's all mechanics, but real estate investing, just like any type of investing, you've got to have the emotional and the, the willpower, the wherewithal and the, the, the motivation to stick through everything that's going to happen because it's yep. a time game. You got to, you got to stick with it, build relationships and all of that. Right. So in the first half of the book, I devote all of the time to that. And then the second half of the book is my blueprint for what I did to build my single family portfolio really quickly. And then also the option to invest passively in multifamily syndications, which is great. And we yeah. talk about everything, how to get your spouse on board, the conversations you should be having, what types of properties you should be pursuing, whether it's high risk, high return or low risk, low return and anything in between. And so we cover all of that really quickly and in a very visual manner for people that are working W2 jobs and like to see pictures more than right. text. So, yeah. So that's yeah. that. Yeah. That's the most book. important. Yep. That, yeah. That's an, that's awesome. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes so everybody can, can jump on. Cause like I said, I mean, that, that's just, most people have a full-time job and, and it's, it's great to, to read something that, yeah, gets into more just the mechanics, but also the mindset and some conversations, some things to set up because I think the most important thing you said there. Um, and probably the most important chapter of the book is talking to your wife and making yeah. sure she's on so important. <laughs> so important when you're putting, yeah. you know, tens of thousands of dollars into a yeah. property and they don't know mm-hmm. about it and it's putting you on the line. It's, it's, you got to be lined up with your spouse first before something yep. like that happens. That's all I got to say. Yeah. And, and I mean, for all of us, um, especially if you're a man, your wife is wiser than you are. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and there, there's so much wisdom there because most of the time, you know, I, I really believe God, God puts like the whole opposites of attract type thing. Like I, I do believe that, that most time it seems like that's how God designs it, that you're with somebody that, that's a little bit opposite. And what that just means is that they, they'll see it from a different angle and maybe they're a little more conservative, but it's good. If you, if you work that together um, and, and if you, you know, come at it together, you're, you're, I, I would say most of the time, if not all the time, you're going to be better off. You know, once you both come around the idea, you're going to have a better, um, just a better foundation. And then, and then you're going to be in it together. You know, you're going to be on the same team. So then there's your yep. first, there's your first teammate, your first partner and you're investing. It's going to make a lot easier. Yeah. And the, the other two books that are out there that I would really recommend is Richest yeah. Man in Babylon for those who are yeah. just starting out. Really great book about fundamentals of investing. And it's told in a parable, a parable form, kind of like, um, uh, a lot like Rich Dad, Poor Dad is told. There's a lot of stories there mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that teach lessons. And then the other one that you have to get is The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller and The One Thing. So I, I know I said a lot of books out there, but they're all good in their different respects. 
Well, I, I usually ask for a non-real estate book. And uh, so maybe the one thing I, yeah. I, I totally second that. It's such a, I, I try to go back to that all the time. Um, and I heard somebody talk about it. it might have been him when I, um, what is it Gary Keller? It is. Is that, that's his first name, Gary. I think I heard him on a podcast and, and he was talking about how to use the, 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 the concept of the one thing, which just means f- grounding yourself and focusing, deciding what is the one thing I need to do today, this week, this year, like what's the one thing that, that really is going to move the needle, you know, so that, Hey, I'm not just staying busy. I'm not just trying to be efficient and do a bunch of things, but I'm trying to be effective and doing the right things, the right one thing. That's, mm-hmm. that's the idea. And I love that. I, I think it was him that it was on a podcast and said that he applies the one thing to his family. You know, I come home, what's the one thing I can do today to make my wife feel special? You know, to, you know, what's the one thing I can do to make my kids feel special, you know? And, and so I, I, I totally second that book. I love that. Yeah. Just the ask the question what is that one thing that's going to yeah. lead you down a place that you that that it's going to make you feel so much better you know yeah having that absolutely. priority yeah yep. yeah great great recommendations um I, I usually like to ask too uh derek how, how do you like to give back you've already hit on on so many things there like you know what, what you're doing now as far as education writing the book um your, your, how your wife's helping people out um i, I love the health aspect my, my wife's big on that and i'm i'm mm-hmm. blessed by that because she she takes and runs with that and feeds us all really good food um that's actually good for us so uh love that aspect of it and then i love love your heart for giving giving back more and more and more as as you're blessed with more you know you're you're gonna bless others so that's really great um what's uh um what's the best way for people to reach out to you derek or i mean like i said i'll I'll link your your book it's a great way to get started um to get into your mind and and some of the things that that you're passing on if people want to reach out to you if they want to see more about what you're doing um how would you suggest people reach out to you sure yeah so they can easily reach out to me at uh, my website which is elevateequity.org so you just got to type that in um or you know people can get a hold of me by emailing me at derek at elevateequity.org or um, they can reach out to me via phone as well. Um, or text is probably a bit easier since I've got a lot of commitments um, going on at any yeah. one time. Uh, it's 925-307-6265 to get a hold of me. Great. Yeah. And awesome. I really, I'm really big on LinkedIn too. So if you guys okay. out there are on LinkedIn, feel free to connect with me and we can start the conversation there as well if there's any way I can help. And then um, I'll also link to your podcast, the podcast you and stuff yes, you're doing. Yes, thank you very much. I, yeah. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, what's, the, what's, the ti- what's, that, what's the title of that again, Derek? It is Elevate Your Equity. And it's with me and my better half, my much better half, Sophie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, awesome. No, I'll, I'll link to all that. Um, cool. Well, again, uh, th- thanks so much, Derek. W- one thing I like to ask always, always at the end, um, w- what's, uh, what's a way my, my listeners, I might be praying for you, maybe for you and Sophie in the, in the coming weeks and months? Well, you know, we've, um, this, this might be, this might be pretty personal, but, uh, we've been having some, um, some issues with, uh, with infertility, actually. Sure. Um, we've really been, uh, we've been trying to do IVF for a while and we've been getting pregnant, but it just hasn't been sticking, um, mm-hmm. you know, for many reasons, genetic reasons, things like that, but yeah. nothing wrong with us individually, but, uh, you know, we've been trying for almost five years now and still haven't been able to make wow. it successful. So, um, you know, that would be, that would be really special if, uh, you and your audience would, uh, would help bless us there a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's tough. Um, um, yeah, I understand that struggle. Um, I haven't been through it myself, but, but many friends, 
it's a it's a common thing and that, that's a difficult thing so absolutely we'll be we'll be praying for you in that derek i hope we appreciate that, that turns around for you well thank great you so man much. well hey yeah absolutely and, and thank you so much for your time you've, you've been more than generous with, with the time that you've given us today and a ton of great information and stuff that people can can act on because you were just um a, a guy and and a girl with full-time jobs and yep. had an accidental uh, accidental investment property. And then, you know, got educated, got around some good people, took it and ran. So something people can definitely follow. 100%. And Lee, thank you for having me on and for everything that you do. This is an amazing, uh, uh, podcast and resource for a lot of the people starting out there and maybe even people that are more, uh, more experienced as well. So thank you for doing this. No, no problem, Derek. No problem. And thank you, man. All right. Well, we'll talk again soon, man. You take care. Take care, man. Uh God bless. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.